Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup episode 3. Glad you could join us. Now every Monday we round up the week's most important technology, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu. I'm a broadcaster and entrepreneur and hosting this podcast alongside me is my good friend Defo Mohapi, who is not only a tech entrepreneur but also the executive editor of iAfrican. How are you doing Defo? I'm good man. Awesome. I saw on Twitter you went to see Swan Lake the other day. How posh. Oh, you thought the only culture I know is in yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) A lot more culture than in yogurt, for sure. Now, if you've only just discovered this podcast, we encourage you to catch up on the news and topical conversations we've had in the past episodes. Just just head over to africantechroundup.com, or better yet, subscribe to African Tech Roundup in iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll never miss a thing. Now, it's been a slowish news week this week. Uh, Wouldn't you say, Defo? Yeah, it's been very slow, but there has been news, but I think for our listeners' benefit, it's some of the stories that we wouldn't cover. I mean, phones launch every week, there's new hubs launching every week, but we want to give you news that matter. We respect y'all. We know you're busy people and we don't want to inundate you with unnecessary information. So yeah. Anyway, stick around for our discussion later. We'll be asking the question, what is a startup? We'll try and pin down a definition right here on the show or better, get a conversation going that we hope you'll join by commenting directly in our SoundCloud account or on iTunes or even on Twitter at African Roundup or using the hashtag AT. Are you take your pick? But before we get to all that, the African Tech Roundup is supported by Lean Startup Joburg, the internationally acclaimed three-day intensive workshop that gives you the ability to build disruptive products. Get with the program and learn how to fail fast and succeed even faster. Visit Bitly forward slash Lean Josie or find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Lean Joburg and on Twitter at Lean Joburg. Now straight into our news for the week. Uh, it's been reported that amid violent protests to block Burundi's current president Pierre Nkurunziza from seeking another term in office, the internet access in that country has been shut down with some saying social media platforms were especially targeted. Sounds strange, yeah? Yeah, this is very sad, Andili. I mean, this is the government uh, and working with the ISP and the telecoms trying to stop people from communicating and mobilizing against stopping the current president from going for another term. Global human rights group Access Now has confirmed that the shutdown was in conjunction, like you say, with telecoms and ISP companies. And they've since written to the United Nations and the African Union to demand the protection of freedom of expression amidst the protest. (laughs) I don't know how much luck they'll get with that. It's a collaboration between the government and the ISP, so I don't see what the UN can do. So last week we spoke about internet internet neutrality briefly and on one hand you've got people like Alan Knott Craig Jr. you know advocating for governments to step in to protect internet neutrality but issues like this make one wonder who if anyone should control or regulate the internet uh, or indeed access to it. Yeah it's got me a bit worried now if we give total control of the internet to governments this presents a problem if they don't agree with the people they do what the, the government in Burundi is doing but who do we give the right to because we can't trust telecoms we can't trust ISPs So, yeah, we need to give some thought. I believe they call that being between a rock and a hard place. Well, to Malawi now, we're not to be left behind by countries like Zimbabwe and more notably Kenya. Malawi's government has recently concluded a meetup in partnership with the UN's Capital Investment Agency, United Nations Capital Development Fund, UNCDF, that brought together digital payment players in a move to drive digital payment service in that country. Hmm. Brilliant move. 
commendable, but it's got me thinking about, do we really want to give government total control of this, going back to a similar model like the central bank system that we have? Or should it be in private players' hands, like you have in Kenya, where Safaricom is driving the whole effort through Mpesa? But I think our listeners can decide on that. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, there's something about having a Vodafone coming into our continent to basically extract such value from such enterprise. But then again, African governments don't seem to inspire the confidence we wish they would. Wow, we've just spoken about Burundi and what's just happened there regarding the internet. So, But we can't paint all of them with the same brush. So we hope this is a good move and that they'll keep their word and keep it open. Right. And now to what's easily the biggest tech deal of the week. <laughs> and it's been a slow week. <laughs> One Africa media says it will be using part of the 10 million US dollars raised from Australian firm Seek to acquire 100% of Jobberman in Nigeria and Brider Monday in Kenya. Hmm. They also say their founders will be sitting on the board. Yeah, this is quite good. I mean, this means that One Africa Media looks like it's consolidating its uh, play in the internet job search market. So this is quite good. For, the, for our listeners in South Africa, the equivalent here would be the acquisition of something like Pnet. Pnet, something like Career Junction. Very similar to Jobberman and Brighter Monday. They aim to roll out in Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, Ghana, Uganda, Tanzania and Zimbabwe. That's pretty ambitious. Yeah, well, they've got a $10 million war chest and they're really going for it. And as I said, they're trying to consolidate their job search uh, part of the business. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, A lot of competition in those countries. Uh, But yeah, wish them well. Now, some interesting data out of Nigeria where uh, Tech Hub has done some research. Yeah, co-creation hub in Lagos uh, did some survey amongst uh, blue-collar workers in Nigeria. And they've got some quite interesting stats that came out of there. One of the interesting uh, stats to come out of this survey is that uh, Nokia feature phones are still quite popular among blue-collar workers in Nigeria. So apparently Nokia is leading the pack and then a brand called Techno? Yeah, Techno is a very interesting brand. Not familiar to most people outside Nigeria and parts of uh, Kenya and East Africa. Techno is a Chinese brand. They build Android phones and they're quite affordable. And Techno is ahead of BlackBerry, which is ahead of Samsung. So you're looking at 41.4% Nokia, 23.6% Techno, 12.1% BlackBerry and 8.2% Samsung. Very interesting. Also, what's interesting is what people are using their phones for. Calling is still very popular in this day and age, despite WhatsApp's popularity, so we were led to believe. 61.8% of blue-collar workers in Nigeria apparently using their phones to make calls. That's interesting. You juxtapose that with uh, what the chatting stats, which is 7.1%, and I'm literally quite blown. Browsing at 19.3%, gaming at 2.8%. who has got money for gaming? Yeah, but again, I guess it goes with the level of uh, target user that we're speaking to here. So the stats might be different for professionals in Nigeria, for youth in Nigeria, but it would be interesting to compare them. Also an interesting stat is the the top seven most used apps. Uh, 25.5% Facebook, 25% WhatsApp. Interesting. Uh, behind them is uh, essentially BBM at 13.6%. But look what Facebook is doing. That acquisition of uh, WhatsApp definitely paying off in this market. That acquisition of WhatsApp is definitely consolidating them in the instant messaging space. I mean, people use Facebook for messaging already. And you add WhatsApp, they're literally dominating that market. And how significant is religion in this market? At 1.9%, people are using their phones for Bible apps. Yeah, I mean, that it even features on the top seven apps tells you a lot about Nigeria. Also interesting is how much money people are spending on data. Interesting is that 91% plus are on prepaid plans, and these are blue-collar workers, and more than half, that is 51.4%, use mobile internet 
with monthly data spent between 5 and 10 US dollars. I suppose the takeaway is that digital marketers in Africa have a lot to think about because a lot of the insights are readily available on the internet around mobile use are based on, on foreign stats. Now, speaking of more affluent markets, uh, American rapper Jay-Z is targeting Nigeria in an attempt to validate his claims that Tidal is an international company. Now, this follows the chilly, more like ice-cold reception his new so-called high-fidelity music streaming service has received in the US and Europe following its rather strange, ostentatious launch. Uh, apparently, they have less than 800,000 subscribers after all that humdrum. Jay-Z needs to chill a little bit. He went on Twitter last week, talked about how everybody must give him a chance. I mean, Jay, can you imagine Jay-Z sitting on a phone behind a desk or on a couch asking the world to give him a chance? I don't think he needs too much help from too many people. <laughs> but before we touch on the Nigeria issue and what he said, I think for me personally, Tidal is uh, not offering anything for the average musician. It's uh, still Tidal for affluent artists, famous artists, for them to make more money. They've been promising subscribers will get exclusive concerts and music projects and a discovery feature that lets you find new artists, which is what brings him and his team to searching for talent in Nigeria. Well, thank you so much for throwing us a bone, Jay-Z. Well, Jay-Z is sounding like the Christopher Columbus he hates because he's saying he's coming to discover artists in Nigeria. I mean, that's a bit patronizing, Jay-Z. I mean, word is, Jay-Z has sent scouts to Nigeria to quote-unquote discover talent. Well, I don't know why the music and film industry are so resistant to change. I don't get why people like Jay-Z and, and the big players in music just don't get that people don't want to pay for stuff, period. Find other ways to monetize entertainment. It's very simple. There was a study done. Every year the study stats are the same. 9 out of 10 MP3s on the internet are pirated. You are never going to get people to pay for music. You're not never going to drop that, down, that number down to even 5. So find other ways as Andy Le says to monetize your content. And we're not doing it for anybody. Not you, Nicki Minaj, not you, B, um, not Madonna, not Jay-Z, not anybody. The world has moved on. Uh, find another way to monetize, guys. Yeah. Well, our final story is an interesting one. You went out to, ch to catch the new Avengers movie, the Avengers Age of Ultron, yeah? Yeah, I went to check it out. And to my surprise, I saw South African police vans fighting Hulk. No. We were involved in saving the planet. That was so cool. I mean, you're seeing Bramfontein and Hulk jumping on buildings. and It was quite cool. Quite a good movie, actually. I think what's happening with movies is directors are looking for new, fresh places to shoot, to, to set films. Uh, not least because, you know, of the expense, but also because I think New York is associated with, uh, what, the, the King Kong movies and, and that kind of thing. And I think audiences are wanting new places that they feel they've never seen. I mean, the type of buildings you get in the Joburg CBD are unique to Joburg CBD. You don't even get those in Cape Town or anywhere else in South Africa. So it presents something totally different. And you say the movie was decent? I'm being nice. It was okay. <laughs> well, we've made sure that there aren't any spoilers. I've personally made sure that therefore doesn't uh, throw any spoilers into that report uh, because I haven't watched the movie and I'm sure some of you haven't either. So yeah, if you have, tell us what you think. Now we move on to today's discussion. Today we ask a simple question. What is a startup? Is there a difference between small business and startups? Now, in South Africa, the acronym SME, which stands for Small to Medium Sized Enterprises, is really popular in government and in corporate circles. Now, some of my clients over the past couple of years have been banks and financial institutions who basically define small business by revenue 
and also by how long an entity has been in business. Generally, at least a year in business, uh, turning over between half a million to 25 million rand, which is roughly 50,000 US dollars to about 250,000 dollars a year. But I'm embarrassed to say that as, as often as I've used the term startup, I have no idea how to define it and whether or not it's a small business, a medium enterprise, how to define it. Before we even define it ourselves or we talk about what we think about it, there's an article that David Adamo Jr., who is Nigerian and is studying his PhD in Texas, wrote titled that very same, which says, what is a startup? And he goes on to quote uh, Eric Ries, author of The Lean Startup and well known for the Lean Startup methodology, where he says the following, a startup is a human institution designed to deliver a new product or service under conditions of extreme uncertainty. Or as Peter Thiel would say in his book Zero to One, a startup is literally an organization that moves from zero or moves the world from nothing to something completely new. Where areas, you compare that with companies that replicate what already exists or slight improvement of what already exists and that is taking something from one to the nth degree. Another characteristic of a startup is that it gains traction or it's a very high growth company or organization because you can have social organizations that are startups. So it gains traction quite quickly. So you have this uh, product or service that you create and it gains traction in a hockey stick format. So as time moves along the y-axis, the adoption rate, whether it be revenue or amount of users, is going up at a faster pace. So that's one characteristic. High growth is very important for classification or definition of a startup. You were trying to explain this to me when we were preparing for the show and that the idea of a startup is not to be confused with a product or a technological breakthrough or even data, but with the people who build it. What does that even mean? Another characteristics of startups is that typically it's a small team. So you can't have a startup that's got like 100 people because that, as we spoke last week, interestingly, we might be giving Vuzi props for his homogeneity idea, is that startups are built by small teams who are homogeneous in thinking and that helps with the high growth phase because they're all laser focused on getting this traction as quickly as possible. I never thought I'd see the day you'd agree with anything he said in that last clip. And if, you just, if you're just joining this discussion and this is the first podcast and you missed last week, Head over to um, africantechroundup.com so you can catch up and find out what the heck we are on about right now. But anyway, so let me see if I understand this. On one hand, David is arguing that uh, by Reese's definition of a startup, there are many unheralded true startups on the continent. And of course, his context being Nigeria. This is because their businesses, however small and seemingly unsophisticated, are designed to confront situations of extreme uncertainty. Now, I imagine that would include the thousands of micro-businesses that run all over Africa to solve everyday, quote-unquote, third-world problems like hunger, lack of education, drought, famine. No, but the other characteristic of a startup, as I just mentioned earlier, is also we need to ask about these businesses that look like they're startups, is do they have potential for high growth? So are they are they moving the the world from zero to one can they be 10 times are they making the world 10 times better than it was before and whilst doing that are they growing very quickly in a short space of time but again eric reese who david quotes as well goes on to explain that just by opening up a new business that copies which touches on what peter Thiel is talking about which copies a business that already exists down to business model, pricing, etc., does not make you a startup. But then surely when a business idea or model has been tried and tested elsewhere, you know, say in a more developed economy, but then is adapted or tweaked, you know, or customized or whatever, and then launched into a new market, surely then it qualifies as a startup. 
I'll give you an example. Uh, I think most people know about Uber. Before Uber came into the African market, there were many uh, taxi apps. Uber came and most people started using Uber as a taxi app. Again, Uber, if you look at the user adoption rate, they've got that hockey stick growing. Most of the apps that existed on the continent, they never gained that traction as quickly enough. Do they qualify as startups? I don't think so. Uber does though. What's interesting is by this definition, they are successful businesses of every size. Even huge. That would never qualify as startups. Yeah, another factor you need to look at when you talk about a startup is that it's not restricted by geography. So the high growth happens because it can spread to any amount of users as quickly as possible. Take for instance the early days of McDonald's. It had to grow store by store. It couldn't literally spread across the world at, at a faster pace than it did. And versus that with uh, what we've just talked about with Uber. So that takes us to another point about nowadays most startups, when, when we talk about startups, it involves tech. Because tech enables them to transcend borders. thing is, you know, I sense a fair amount of snobbery in this whole thing, man. I mean, because the term seems to be associated with some sort of rock star glitz and glamour that, you know, some people are quite keen to either acquire or defend at all costs. Now, I mean, if you're in the tech industry, of course that sounds amazing to you, that you're at the heart of what it means to be a startup, you know? Ah, come on. But it's true. Tech does help enable high growth. Anyway, you look at food, I mean, it's literally i wouldn't say disrupted disrupt is not the right word i think it's a popular word that's being used among in tech circles but i don't think it's a right word i think they've literally changed the game tech changes the game for most businesses in most industries so yeah being that i i host podcasts on entrepreneurship i can testify to the fact that tech is often leveraged to create results that would never have otherwise been uh, accomplished in any other way you just look at whatsapp i mean for android alone they've only got four developers but They've got 1 billion installs on Android. You can't do that with a business that requires physical presence or is restricted by geography. Well, what's in a title? Do you agree with David Adamo Jr. and Eric Reese? And indeed, my esteemed uh, co-host here, do you own a business or, or run a business? Tell us why or why not your business qualifies to be called a startup. Or maybe you have an example of an enterprise that you consider to be the consummate example of what a startup should be. If so, tell us about it. Whether that business is famous or relatively unknown, we want to hear about it. Otherwise, thanks for listening. We're quite excited that this is only our third week putting out this podcast, but already it's being received so warmly all over the world. And that's because you guys, you guys have helped spread the word on social media. And thank you so much for those shares, the posts, the tweets, the retweets. Please keep them coming. And shout out to all our new followers on SoundCloud and Twitter and our subscribers on iTunes. Also an extra special big up to Mitch Wong Ho, Brent Doherty, Musang Kuna for the excellent online conversations we've been having. Awesomeness, guys. We love it. We don't take it for granted one bit. We look forward to hearing from you. Remember, you can always find us at africantechroundup.com on iTunes. We are African Tech Roundup at African Roundup on Twitter. And the hashtag to track on Twitter is ATRU. Once again, we'd like to thank Lean Startup Joburg for their support. Check them out on facebook.com forward slash Lean Joburg and on Twitter at Lean Joburg. That's it. Till next week, from me, Andile Masugo. And Tefomo Happy. Cheers, guys. <laughs>